Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. We recorded this episode prior to going into shutdown and our guest is the fabulous Sarah Bell who is Rita's mum. And for those of you who don't know anything about Rita, Rita is Artificial Intelligence for Real Estate. So it's a fantastic listen. I know you'll enjoy it. Just a heads up, the first minute or so of this has got a lot of static on it, but I just wanted to let you know that that clears up within about 60 seconds. So hang in there. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, I had a bizarre journey um, into real estate. <laughs> so I was I was an analyst. My undergraduate study was behavioral science and law and my first job was doing quantitative research for my professors writing articles and things like that and then I went on to become an investigator for the Commonwealth Ombudsman. At some point during that I met a real estate agent. Tall auctioneer happens every day and (laughs) I got abducted into the industry through marriage and um, you know we we had to kind of look at starting a family and what we were going to do. He was working in the family business and we sort of got, you know, put in a situation where we really had to make a decision about whether or not we were going to buy it. So we hadn't been going out too long yeah. um, when all of a sudden it was like, we're, you know, going to spend over a million bucks and buy this thing and uh, see what we can do. So I quickly um, stopped being an analyst and, <laughs> uh, and a thinker and started becoming a, a doer. Um, in in front lines and you know I've done everything in the real estate business I've sold I've managed property I've managed apartments during one of my pregnancies I sat on the reception desk because I I really wanted to understand what that experience was like and the scientist in me couldn't help but pick it apart and put it back together while we were growing and all my study since then has been about the real estate industry I've done um, honors research in strategic planning planning professional development for real estate agents and I'm currently working on a doctoral program looking at how we can really address some of the issues in relation to capacity and the human experience of real estate agents and their customers. Yeah, right. And it's interesting for you to talk about the human experience when, you know, Rita is um, basically artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of people think artificial intelligence is about removing the human from the equation. Yep. But it's really interesting because the more we kind of learn about artificial intelligence, the more it's geared towards what we call collective intelligence. So if you put a human versus a computer, there's going to be things that the human does that are better, things that the computer does that are superior. But when you actually combine them um, and you have the computer and the human working collaboratively, then we get real results. And where we see that play out, it's really funny that one of the first, you know, kind of AI triumphs was when Deep Blue, the IBM computer, beat Garry Kasparov in chess. Um, now we routinely see humans try to beat the AI chess machine, which they can't do. But we have the experience of centaurs, which is where you have a human and an AI competing against AI chess, straight AI chess, yep. and the centaurs win every time. Right. When you have the computer prediction but the human judgment, yep. suddenly you, you become unbeatable. Yeah, I like that. You become unbeatable. And so that's what Rita's trying to provide to her real estate agents, right? Absolutely. We want to make sure that, you know, the humans of the industry are freed up to do the work that is best suited to humans and not just, you know, that's the most dollar productive necessarily, but the most enjoyable. Because I think, you know, we've kind of been marched into clicking buttons and filling out forms and doing a lot of routine, mundane stuff that our brains don't necessarily find stimulating 
that is not joyful and that's got a cascade down yep. to our customers. So what we want to do is, you know, find the parts of the job that you want to do. And I don't think it's a matter of robots replacing real estate agents. No. I think it's a matter of robots lifting that, you know, slack so that agents have a job that they actually like a lot more as yep. well. Yeah, that would be a nice outcome for everybody, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's the goal. Right, a step closer every day. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> now, so how long did you actually um, own the real estate business? 12 years. Yeah, right, so a long time. Yeah. And what made you decide to get out of it? Um, I kind of, I got to a point where I'd sort of systemized everything that I was just annoying people. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> so, when, you know, when we had kind of the swim lane agile processes with the tea towel roster, it was time for me yeah. to... <laughs> You know, I take on a bigger thing and and my husband had been opening and closing that door for 20 years as a a young man that was such a veteran of the industry. You know, we we both were ready for the next challenge and to sink our teeth into something broader. Yeah, fantastic. And so we were just talking um, from your team's perspective, you you work with something called radical accountability. Can you tell us a little bit about what that actually means? Yeah, so um, the team at AIR... So there's myself and, and Ian Campbell, who's our CEO, and we have a team of just the most talented, special, deeply skilled people that, that I've ever worked with. They are, they are brilliant and they are so nice and so dedicated. Um, and so we weren't kind of looking to fix a cultural problem. What we were looking to do is to create norms and rules so that we yep. preserved our culture yep. as we grew. We started working with this... Um, a consultant from the Table Consulting Group in Australia. And it's, it's a group that's led, it's an American um, consulting firm run by Patrick Lencioni, who wrote a book called The Advantage, yep. which is one of the best-selling business books in history. And we went through this process to understand that to actually achieve the, you know, the mission and, and the lofty vision that we have at AIR, we need to achieve those results collectively. Um, AI in particular, it's it's an anti-discipline. The engineers can't get there by themselves without the designers. They can't sure. get there without the subject matter experts. And yeah. we need each other to achieve those results. And so um, we need to be able to freely hold each other accountable without worrying that someone's precious you know, someone takes it the wrong. Someone takes the wrong way or gets offended by um, constructive input. Yeah, absolutely. And and so radical accountability, it can't exist without without deep trust mm-hmm. and and deep honesty yep. and and an openness to vulnerability and an openness to critique and understanding the value of critique. And so, yeah, we've we've had lots of courageous conversations um, establishing that unique radical accountability so that it's okay to you know just really call someone on not delivering and to go to work with the expectation that that you'll be called upon and um and it it just i don't know it's it's liberating and did all the team embrace it or did you struggle to start with with the concept because i can imagine a few people would be sort of thinking oh gosh that sounds quite confronting yeah, so um, I think you know we're, we're really we're really lucky. Like the, the the team that we have in place, we're not going in with kind of legacy distrust. Yeah. There's no sort of like corporate, you know, fat cats that have handed down terrible decisions sure. and things like that in the past. You know, yeah. it's it's a pretty flat structure, and so yeah. we 
we treated our whole team as if they were the leadership team yep. because with our plans to scale, they, they will be our leadership yeah, sure. team. And um, so everyone was, you know, everyone was engaged and and open and, you know, our consultant was saying that he'd, he'd never seen anybody like a group lean into the activities to the level that we did. And I, I think it's testimony to the, you know, the trust that we built organically. Yeah. Like I said, once you've got that, you need to protect it. Yeah, massively. And define it so yeah. that the people that come in yeah. understand what that is, what they're signing up for. And if they're not right culturally, they're not going to be accountable and, and we can't achieve the results that we need to with that person. Yeah, and it's really hard because it there's a war for talent, right? Every doesn't matter what business you're in, there's a lot of competition for good people. And to be to to be brave enough to say no to someone, even though they've got the skills and experience, but they just they're not the right culture. They don't have the values. Not everyone's prepared to do that, right? Yeah, that's right. We have um we have a multi stage hiring process at yeah. Air. It used to be, um, particularly with the technical team, Ian, who's our technical founder, would you know do the I guess the competency test, sure. and then they'd they'd have to come and have a beer with me. Yeah. <laughs> we called it the beer test. But then um, I to, completely agree. Yeah. I've always said that you need to um, you need to have that kind of um, conversation over a drink because it's a different it's a different conversation and people you need to get people out of the interview environment. Absolutely, and we spend more time together as the Air Force than I do with my family. Like yeah. you know, we, we nest. <laughs> We're there all the time. And, sure. And um, but as the team has grown, and I used to have this moniker for who I liked to hire. I called them swans, so they had to be smart, have a good work ethic, be accountable, and nice. Yeah. And that was really important. It never let me down. But as we grew, um, what I thought a good employee was wasn't the right thing. So the beer right. test then became a sandwich test. They had to come and have a sandwich with everyone. Yeah. Like pop down for a sandwich, and um, and part of this process was. For all of us at the Air Force to define what it was, what the values were yep. in an in an Air Force member. Yeah. And so that was an interesting process. Yeah, I'll bet. Was that part of the what you did with the table consulting? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm I'm not surprised by the values that we came up with yep. because they, you know, they're they're things that we probably hired for. Yeah. I'll share them with you if you like. You know, yeah, I would love to know. So the first one is curiosity. Yeah, sure. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, right. So um, Ian and I both were born insatiably curious yep. and devoid of patience, which is a kind of terrible combination <laughs> if you're someone that doesn't like to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, so so curiosity just keeps us digging and asking the sure. questions. And we, we talk about being in permanently beta, like there isn't, there is never going to be a finished reader, right? She is right. always getting smarter. She is always iterating, and we are always looking for the next thing that we can do yeah. to solve a problem, or looking for the next problem. Yeah. So curiosity is is super important. The next one was care, and you know, after we went through some of these exercises, we worked out what was really important about our culture at Air is that we genuinely cared about each other, yep. about the project, about reader, yep. and about our customers. Yep. When we mix with, you know, some other tech people who aren't necessarily of industry, it can get really dis- disheartening, you know, some of, the, some of the ways that real estate agents are referred to. Sure. Scientifically, we call it attribution error, right, where they say real estate agents are. 
yep. right? Where you don't assume the goodwill of people yep. when you want to kind of find simple generalizations because it's easier than asking questions. Yep. But, but caring is about not doing that, about assuming that people are always trying their best and removing the obstacles and finding the problems to, to make technology that is, that is kind to yeah. them. And then the third one, we call it NBRT, which stands for do the next best right thing. In our world, there's no blueprint. Yeah. Pioneers, like no one's done a lot of the stuff we've done before, which is why the curiosity is so important, right? Sure. But you can be, you can be paralyzed into inaction yep. by not having answers. And in a world that has very little certainty, yep. so much ambiguity, and and you're keeping pace at absolute lightning speed to keep up with the technology, we have to act all the time. And so even though we can't see the end of the road necessarily or we don't have perfect data for, you know, the next step, there is always a next best right thing, no matter how small that we can do that we can try yep. to to move it forward. Yeah. So those were the three values that, that the team came up with collectively. And and I'm really proud of proud of them actually because it, 100% encapsulates, I think, who we are and certainly what we look for. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And you were saying that um, as part of the radical accountability, you um, are able to critique people, which you're okay with, but the bit you struggle with is the vulnerability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so we did We did this exercise where everyone sort of got a turn in the hot seat yep. and it had to go around um, and take feedback. First of all, it was a round of things that you should do um, or keep doing that you're doing really well and that people yep. enjoy from you and then a round of this is not this is not helpful it was your critique like please stop doing this or yep. you could do more of this and um, and it, it was really funny because the the critique was in some ways easier to take um, you know we're, we're used to failing cheaply yeah. quickly yeah. <laughs> forwards learning from mistakes yeah. so so critique is something that we really welcome and you know the feedback from our customers for example has defined readers growth chart sure. you know um so you obviously have the ability to separate the critique from you personally you don't take it on board personally if it's personal I do. <laughs> <laughs> if it's personal i do and um you know, I, I, I struggle with feedback when I perceive it as arbitrary yep. or when I perceive it as... Um, that might be your opinion, but it's not my opinion, so... Yeah, well, you're entitled to an opinion, but yeah, but, but, um, you're right. but you're actually entitled to an informed opinion. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, that's, I so, like that. You're entitled to an informed opinion. So, sometimes, so let me inform you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I struggle with feedback if it actually... Yeah, if I perceive that it's personal or if I perceive that it says more about the person giving the feedback than me, but that's my lens as well. So you do totally, have to understand yeah. that feedback is subjective. Yeah, sure. Like bi-directionally subjective. So it is it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, actually having this sort of hot seat moment where everybody tells you like how valuable you are to them and, yep. and, and what, you know, what you do that makes their makes their day good yep you know that that was quite you know i i it wasn't un, it wasn't confronting but it was uncomfortable because it wasn't it wasn't something you know that you normally pause to absorb well the scientists in you wouldn't be it's like 
that stuff is not what you focus on, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, we have a tendency to, you know, if you hear nine nice things and one negative thing, you know, you zone in on the negative thing. Sure. Um, You know, it's probably my personality as well. I'm so hard on myself and I set the bar really high. And and I get that, you know, (laughs) I get that. But it was... It was it was a really interesting experience to kind of have my leadership, cultural leadership, reflected back to me because nice. I tell I tell everyone all day, you know, you're amazing, you're amazing, and I tell each of them that they're my favorite in front of everyone else. Yeah, sure. Usually once a week, um, yeah. and and so to kind of feel that that was like, you know, that that like impacted them that they enjoyed that. It was, yeah. you know, it was. Yeah, it was just a really interesting experience to kind of pause and go, do you know what, that that soft stuff yeah. is the hard stuff. It's not actually all about results, spreadsheets, bottom lines, yeah. you know, production outcomes. It's, it's important. It's about yeah. a community of care. Yeah, and it's important that um, the leadership team know that that's important to their people and that their people value that. And we um, wouldn't have had that exchange you know, I, w- I probably would have just kept doing it because, yeah. you know, it's a habit, and I, I, you know, and it's not, it's not disingenuous. You know, right. I, I do, I do appreciate, um, you know, the effort and the discretionary effort that they all put in. That sure. can't be understated. But we, we wouldn't have had that exchange if it wasn't for the exercise. It's, yeah. it's worth doing it's, the exercise. Yeah, worth it just for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm definitely going to do some research on that, and we'll look up the Advantage book. Um, so you were saying earlier that um, you feel like when we look back at this time, we're not going to be talking about the technical revolution, we're going to be talking about the human revolution. And I completely agree that in a time where everything is um, becoming more and more screen-based, we are craving connection and we're really missing out on connection. Can you talk about um, what you feel the human revolution is? Yeah, look, I think... Um Technology is always a tool and it's a tool to design our outcomes. And I think we certainly did go through a phase, probably a bit of a hangover from the greed is good 80s kind of thing where we went down some very rigid, hard roads um, and technology was a tool that encoded that. So if you think about how you would do your workflow with a piece of unintelligent computing, a lot of it is really based on checklists and forms that push both you and the customer through a very non-human yep. journey that doesn't have any scope for individual variation. We have templates and templates. And it's funny, people say, you know, with AI, they're like, oh, I don't want to sound robotic. I think you have no idea how no. robotic you sound with yep. that kind of hard-edged technology. But with AI, it's it's about mimicking human intelligence so it's about reading and using natural language to be supportive of like a human friendly environment it it's about embracing and coping with the complexity of variation between a multitude of different human journeys and 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 there are you know humans are idiosyncratic we're not we're not unique because we all are, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we're all a bit different. <laughs> so, so you know, if we are all a bit different, as real estate agents, as service providers, there's a real opportunity to actually provide service to each person that is a bit different. And we use the language hyper-personalised. Yep. But what it is is about is embracing what is relevant 
and personal for that particular customer and putting being there with the right service request at the right time for the right reason with the right customer um, so that their journey can be about them and not about your software rules. I understand why yeah. it happened, right? It was a sure. That's the limit of the technology, but lifting that limit allows us now to behave with each other in a way that is much more human and to design for the way that people want to interact yep. rather than how we want we them need to them to, to suit our system. as architects of their behavior. Yeah. Like it's it's a bizarre thing to think that humans will change you know, because your software rules say that yeah. they ought to. Yeah. yeah. And how are you finding agents in general embracing Rita and the whole co- and the concepts around what Rita can do? Yeah. So you know, with with that hyper personalized piece, it's it's not just about you know your customers as a real estate agent. It's a a big part of it is about your life as a real estate agent. So we think that real estate agents aren't lazy or unmotivated or all the things that people say they are yeah. we think that they want to give good service and they, yeah. they want to you know pr- create a better service experience for their customers and they want to enjoy doing that yeah so what reader does um seeks to do is you know if you look at outbound prospecting is that kind of one example of a core functionality instead of just having a kind of crm full of contacts i don't know who to call what to say kind of thing it's not just finding people to call, it's finding them a because as well. So Rita will find the best people for you to talk to every day and match that with a conversation that you can have. Yeah, right. So you're not you're not calling people to interrupt them, you're not calling people to annoy them, you're not calling people in a way that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. You're calling them with a very clear because. I'm calling you because one of your neighbours has listed a property. Yeah. And I thought of you, yeah. and I thought you might be interested. Yeah. It's a very different customer experience proposition. Sure. This is happening near you, and I thought of you. It's super personal, it's super totally. relevant, and it feels good. You, you get to care. Yeah. Yeah, as I said to you um, before we started recording, I was interested at the response I was getting from my LinkedIn post talking about what I'd learned from the, um, Alexander Phillips uh, at our recent Kickstart event, and that was around... Um, Alex doing 500 phone calls a week and the response I got from that LinkedIn post um, was all of the reasons why you shouldn't call and all the reasons why you should do use Facebook to reach people for example which is perfectly fine but as I said in my um, online I I own property but I don't look for real estate agents on Facebook or Facebook live other people do and that's okay but but you can't just use one channel, right? Absolutely. And and you've got to understand, you know, the difference between kind of inbound, you know, like seeking inbound leads, yep. which is what advertising and marketing is about. Sure. And actually doing the outbound work that infers the customer request. So yep. to be in the right place at the right time, it's not just about broadcasting. It's actually kind of understanding where the customer might be and what they might need yeah. at that at that particular time and doing that of your own motion um, rather than kind of sitting back and waiting for the customer to self-serve. So certainly, you know, there, there, there is a role. Like Rita, she's not just a calling solution. She's, she's an omni-channel solution and definitely not a channel snob. Yep. Um, you know, I'm an introvert. I love my text messages. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, but... 
But in terms of, I think the messaging has to be really important. So I think I was reading a, a study by Adobe the other day who said that Australian and New Zealand customers demand the highest level of customer experience in the world, which really? doesn't surprise me at all because yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we know that customers, they, they expect brands to know them and, and to serve them and, and to be helpful and relevant for them. And yep. I, I think customers have cottoned on to the idea that your broadcasted content yep. is not your friend. Yep. You know, that's not, that's not personal. Social media to me is like just a 24-hour cocktail party. It's sure. just happening online, right? Yep. So the the way that you use social media, I think people who are really successful at it are people who are really successful at cocktail parties. They don't rock up and yell about themselves, yep. right? Because no one wants to talk to that guy at no. a cocktail party. Yeah. Um, but by contrast, if you go and you engage in interesting conversations using social, you listen through social, um, better yet, you have someone else in the room say, Do you know what, go and talk to that person because they're interesting. That that all plays out in the digital world in a way that is non-different to how it plays out in the physical That's world. True. So yeah. I just see it as, a, as another channel and we didn't fundamentally become anthropologically altered when social media hit us. It's yep. it, absolutely, it's just a channel. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the best relationships that I have are not people that send me a Christmas card with their like newsletter in it. You, yep. you, you know that phenomenon. Totally. Yeah. It's like. Or a Christmas card that has already pre printed their names and the message. Yeah. I just, they drive me nuts. Yeah. You're like really special. I'm yeah, really thinking of you. Right. Right? Yeah. Whereas I have this beautiful friend friend of yours as well chris hanley yeah and i get a couple of emails from him a week where he's read like this interesting article yeah some of them are a bit funny um and he sends them to me like yep. thought of you discuss right and yep. it'll it'll all that thing is like what that says to me is like this this person that i have a relationship with who i admire and respect dearly read this and thought of me yeah you know what a what a beautiful thing yeah, to totally. be able to give to your customers i yep. was and we have so many opportunities to do that in real estate, right? Because we know where they live. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. We just have to get our systems, our processes, our technology in place to look after the other stuff so that we can actually spend time demonstrating to our customers how well we know them and how much they mean to us. And how much we care. And yeah. that's it. You know, um, I, I wrote an article the other week uh, for Chris Hanley's business, funnily enough, yeah. um, called Communities of Care. Yeah. And it was looking at, um, it was a rough news week yep. last week and sure. and I kind of talked about how, do you know what, particularly at work and in our business transactions, you know, with our real estate agents, with our insurance guys, with our bankers, yep. you know, sometimes they're, they're the only communities that people have. So we've organised ourselves in suburbs quite weirdly when you think about how humans are meant to live together, right? Yep. With, with fences and shut gates and shut yep. doors and drawn curtains. Yep. And, you know, these, like, tiny sovereign nations that exist with letterboxes out the front and, you know, there's no transparency, there's no trust, there's no community that exists anymore because no one's in the houses, they're all at work. Yeah. And so so that kind of opportunity for service providers to care, I think this... You know, we talk about AI revolution, technological revolution and stuff like that. I think we're looking at a service revolution. Yeah. At, 
you know, and if you can, for me, service with like an earnest intent is just caring. Yeah, yeah, that's a really nice way of looking at it. Um, so, question without notice. Oh, good. Courageous, I oh, know, <laughs> you're all right. Courageous conversations. What are your tips? Give me a few tips on how you approach them or how you recommend people in your world approach those difficult conversations. Um, so it's it's something that I'm, you know, I, th- I think I'm getting better at. It's something I think I'm definitely working on. I think fundamentally you have to have safety and trust, Yes. you know, with the person. There's a certain amount of, like, permission that you have to have with someone to share. Um, it's true to share that so if you like overshare too quickly like you know you can you can come across the wrong way like you breach that yeah you breach that trust you kind of go into their space in a way that's not you know always appreciated it's yep. it's, a, it's a bit sort of like a social license right and if likewise if someone is open with you and you don't reciprocate it's you know it, it's not it's not organic it can't work like that so I think it's you know it takes it takes time and and trust is about trust is about safety it's about honesty it's about you know vulnerability and it it's a weird word we talk about it all the time and for me this is just my definition vulnerability is giving somebody like trusting someone else with with information mm-hmm. yes and it, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like I, I think about my you know my relationship like with my husband right like i yeah. i tell him i love him sure that's me trusting him with that information yeah. right and trusting that he's going to act in a way that doesn't breach my trust like yeah. because i love him there's responsibilities sure. that come with that so i think kind of you know my tip would be like having a really conscious mindset as to how we interact with people and if someone's going to trust you with information i mean everyone trusts us with their data right, right. <laughs> like it's it's a there's a gravity and a responsibility yeah. to trust that you know you, you need to be really really careful with and the good news is is if you are good at it you you'll find it you, you know it will be there for you as well yeah and it sounds like you guys have gone a long way with your radical accountability to be able to have those conversations internally. So well done to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. It's always lovely to catch up with you and to do it face-to-face rather than over the phone. Right. It's awesome. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun.